Hey, Clancy, you remember how when we used to drive to work? Uh, when we used to what to wear? And we would just put on a podcast or a book and learn something passively while doing something else like driving. Is that why people listen to us to learn? Oh, I hope not. No, uh, they should listen to us to laugh. To learn, they should check out Knowable. It's a new app where experts offer audio courses in leadership, business, wellness, and more. Okay, well, this sounds perfect for me. Sometimes I have a hard time reading ad copy, much less entire books. Yeah, and Knowable courses are perfect for that. With fun 10-minute daily audio lessons from top thinkers, experts, authors, and weekly live discussions, it's perfect for multitasking. So it's like Spotify for personal development? Yeah, that's a solid elevator pitch. Good job. Comprehensive podcast-style audio courses. What are they about? Well, there's a course on improv that the UCB did and another one on launching a startup with a founder of Reddit, uh, Alexis Sohanian. Oh, so I could learn improv while doing chores? Yes, and you could start doing chores. How dare you? Get hundreds of hours of educational content with Knowable's entire library of courses, all ad-free at a special rate of $50 a year for a limited time. But guess what? You can get an extra 20% off for being one of our listeners. Just download the Knowable app and use code NONPLUSSED for 20% off your subscription and tap into the knowledge of 200 experts at the top of their field ad-free. Again, just download the Knowable app and use code NONPLUSSED for 20% off your first subscription. I'll think to that. And one for Mahler. Checking. One, two. Checking. Three, four. Where's six? Oh, sorry. <clears throat> sorry, it was... <laughs> Stay a while and listen. I don't. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Nonplussed, a gay romp through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my husband, Clancy. And over there is my husband, Josh. And we are Nonplussed, a mischief media podcast. Fur, 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 fur. Hi, honey. Hi. I'm, feel, I'm feeling fine today. How are you feeling, Clancy? I am feeling better than I was a year ago. You, sure, we don't need to get too deep into that because this is not your therapy podcast. It's, it's not. It's nonplussed a mischief media podcast. And speaking of mischief media, there's a web store, of course. It's called mischiefmerch.com. Yeah, they sell merch on there. They sell merch from, from mischief management and from mischief media. Yeah. They sell stuff for our podcast and the other mischief media podcasts. They do. But most notably, what's new on mischief merch, Clancy? Uh, they have a whole new WandaVision line. Yes. That features such great shirts and totes and things as Funnel of Love, They're a Vision, uh, Westview, New Jersey. So it's the funnel cake van yeah. that Darcy rams into Hayward. Um, and you can get a print and a shirt and a tote and a mug. We've also got this delightful, I escaped the hex and all I got was this lousy t-shirt shirt. Yep. Uh, multiple colors. And then what's this delightful last item here, Clancy? It's the insidious and perfidious tote bag t-shirt. Print. Other Logo. Yes. yes. It's, it's delightful. Cute. It's it's Agatha-esque. It also comes in multiple colors. Um, there's a laptop tote with this. Y'all, check out the whole collection at 
mischiefmerch.com slash collections slash MCU. And this is super special. This is super fun. Use code nonplus10 to get 10% off any of the WandaVision merch. Yes, including our show merch. Yes, you can also get 10% off your nonplus purchase with nonplus10 as well. Get yeah. you some new nonplus t shirts or mugs. Get you some insidious and perfidious. Get you some funnel of love and get 10% off for, with the code that we are providing. Which is non plus 10. Yeah. You just type that in. Yeah. Wow. See, we should have scripted that. This is what happens when we go off book, kids. It is. But I think we got there. We got there. Is there some news this week, Josh? There's absolutely some news this week, Clancy. Literally the day before we went to record, it came out that Black Widow, Cruella, and a few other things are going to be debuting on Disney Plus and in theaters uh, as Disney is shifting dates for seven different films. So this was on Variety. Okay. Um, the big call out here, of course, is that Black Widow which we've been waiting for for over a year now or no, yeah. almost a year now. It's a long time. Yeah. And Cruella are going to do, they're going to do the um, premiere access like they did with Mulan and like they did with Raya. Right. So that means that it's going to be about 30 bucks on top of the subscription for Disney plus in order to get access to those movies. Um, but honestly, this is kind of the first time that I'm really looking like, I feel like well, it's no, going to be worth we're spending gonna that do, money. No, no, it's going to be worth it for Raya. We just haven't done oh, it yet. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't feel we, like doing it for Mulan. No, I really didn't. And, I didn't want to support the model, but it seems like they're getting into it. We sure. But but we did watch Soul when it came out. Did we buy that? No, no Soul it wasn't, did not have one. That's right. That's right. That's right. So anyway, we're in the weeds. Um, point is, Cruella's on May 28th. If you want to watch it early, 30 bucks. Black yep. Widow's going to be on July 9th. Same thing. You want to watch it at that time, 30 bucks. Uh, also, we've got a new date for Shang-Chi. Yeah, that's coming out September 3rd. Yep. And uh, Pixar's animated coming-of-age adventure, Luca, won't play in theaters and will, just like Soul, Launch exclusively on Disney Plus at no extra cost. I mean, they have to be making so much fucking money for the the last two Pixar movies to be that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woof. Absolutely. Never mind. Like, I mean, people were interested in Mulan, and people were obviously interested in Raya. Yeah. Um. So yeah, obviously the it's it's a valuable pivot for them. We've got some more MCU news that's kind of fun. Speaking of making money. Yeah, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, the ser- the series premiere of Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the most watched premiere on Disney+. Plus. That's rad. So, like, yeah, super cool. Yeah, we watched it. Yeah, it was super cool. And uh, there's also, I'm just saying that it was super cool, Josh. I got you. Jesus. We're there. You know what else is super cool? The Hawkeye spinoff. Apparently, yes. <laughs> so there are rumors. Variety confirmed this. I got it from Games Radar. There's a character that's connected to Hawkeye Mm -hmm. named Echo, and she has been cast. And apparently there's a spinoff about her. I don't know enough about that kind of deep Avengers lore to know who or what this is. But Marvel hasn't commented. Yeah. I mean, we'll have links for all of this in the show notes if you want to dig in and read a little bit more. For sure. So all of our research comes from the usual places. Yes. IMDb, Wikipedia, Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so shall we get into it? Yeah. Strap in, folks. Because we're going to take you on what felt like a 13-hour flight. So what movie are we doing this week, Joshua? This week, you all have the pleasure of listening to us discuss... 
2006's Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. Now, listener, you could be forgiven for wondering, now why are they doing the sequel to the Garfield film uh, rather than the first one and then maybe doing the sequel later? And the answer to that, obviously, is... Well... It's not on the platform. It's not on the platform. <laughs> Just so the sequel. The sequel's up there. Uh, it was so important for them to get yeah. this one up there before they had both films' streaming rights. And I'm confused. Yeah, it's a, Bewildered. It's a little nonsense. It was released June 16th, 2006, directed by Tim Hill, uh, who did Alvin and the Chipmunks and Muppets from Space. Yeah, he also wrote on Rocco's Modern Life. Which is great, and you see no evidence of that in this film. Yeah, I don't um, know. This one was also written by Joel Cohen and Alex Sokolow. Mm-hmm. Sokolow? Alec, my apologies. <laughs> anyway, I was, it's based <laughs> on the comic strips uh, Garfield by Jim Davis, which I was a big fan of as a child. Yeah. Every Scholastic Book Fair, I would get at least two. The cast, we had um, Breckenmeyer as John Ar- Arbuckle and Jennifer Love Hewitt as Liz, two of the most miscast people ever. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is happening no, with and, the casting in this movie. And then everybody else is like stalwart British uh, UK actors doing yeah. fuck all in this film. Billy Connolly as Dargis, who's the villain of the piece. Yes. Bill Murray's doing Garfield's voice again. Yeah, we've got Ian Abercrombie, who's playing Smithy. I love him as an actor. I was delighted to see him, but he is acting in some fucking Downton Abbey shit. Yeah. He does not know what movie he's in. We okay. have, uh, this was not planned. This was not planned to have Tim Curry after, you know, my recent uh, awful impersonation, Tim Curry. But he plays the voice of Prince the 12th. Yeah. Then we've got Bob Hoskins rip uh, who plays Winston. Mm-hmm. Initial thoughts before getting into it. Strap in folks. I will say that. Neither of us had seen it. Yeah, neither of us have seen it. Neither, neither of us, us have seen, seen the, the first original. One. So this was a wild, uh, absurd ride from start to finish. And mm-hmm. I think the argument can be made that with a little bit of acid and an art degree, you could probably see a really good film here. I don't. I don't know about that. <laughs> I hey, I'm just trying to make jokes, Clancy, because I don't know that there's a whole lot here to work. With. There's not going to be. So all right, here we go. Yeah. Two years after the events of the first film, John Arbuckle plans to propose to his girlfriend, veterinarian Dr. Elizabeth Liz Wilson, who is going on a business trip to London. John follows Liz to the United Kingdom as a surprise. After escaping from a kennel, Garfield and Odie sneak into John's luggage and join him on the trip. Garfield and Odie then break out of the hotel room due to boredom and subsequently get lost in the streets of London. Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, we mentioned it, but Tim Curry plays the voice of the other tabby cat. What kind of cat is Garfield? Yeah, this is tabby. Yeah. But yes, so the whole thing's a take on Prince and the Popper, like the folktale Prince and the Popper. We've seen, like, Disney has other versions of this even, Yeah, right? Um, That's vaguely the the concept of the parent trap when you think about it. (laughs) Yeah. little bit, yeah. The the intro, so yes, Tim Curry's being delightful in the intro. Um, we get all this delightful rolling vowels over food and massages. Mm, yes. Lovely. Oh. 
Super. Oh, it's good to be the king. But the, the 3D model of this cat looks goddamn terrifying. Yeah, they do. And that's the thing is like, I mean, this is 2006. The original came out in 2004. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, but it, it definitely, it's just enough to be, all of the effects are unsettling. Yes. Like the the actual anim like the actual animals like the barnyard animals they just have their their uh mouths animated yes and it and you know that they're like it's trying to make it look natural because they're moving around they're and not trying to keep them focused every but like, now and then ugh. they pop in like a 3d model of what was a live animal and the yes. proportions all go off and wonky and suddenly i feel like maybe i smoke something i shouldn't have yeah it's like i'm saying you know college students on the right look i'm not saying Kids, don't do drugs. Or if you do, at least do your research first. My point is, there are moments where I had to grip the arm of the sofa a little too tight because yeah. I was uh, the un the weird. Mm, I didn't realize the animal uncanny valley was a thing too, and it was fucking <laughs> freaking me out in this movie. Yeah, I I guess the other thing too here is that like I I just didn't. I didn't understand why it is that all of the animals can talk to each other. Most of them. Odie can't apparently can't speak. Nope. Um, the humans. Again, can't... these are things that you are, if you're going to go see a Garfield movie, <laughs> these sure. are things that presumably you buy into. Odie doesn't speak in the cartoon. He's right. just a doofus. But like uh, John and Garfield do talk to each other. No, in no, the no, comic no, no, strip, no, 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 no. They talk at each other. It's the exact same conceit. It just doesn't work on film. It doesn't because it's just, it's just, it doesn't make sense. The other it works part in a comic strip because you're putting thought bubbles. It works in a cartoon because the animal's mouths aren't moving in a live action film. It's all awful. Yeah. Yeah. Now here's the thing. So I always assumed that like whatever town they were in was in the Midwest or whatever. Yeah. I don't remember. And I certainly have another research to see where like John lives, but they clearly live in LA. John Arbuckle's gorgeous fucking uh, craftsman home. Yeah. My goodness. Wild that he can even afford that. Like and uh, Brecken Meyer, correct me if I'm wrong, is too attractive to play John Arbuckle. John Arbuckle is a fucking doofus in the comic. I, I really struggled writing notes down for this because it was just so. Let me ask you something. I know. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to steer this a little bit. Okay. Um, because I know you struggled. I've got a question that I wrote specifically for you. Okay. It's right here Hit off me. at the top. John is pouring red wine into an orange juice carafe. Yay or nay? Yes, yes, yes. That's a I, thing? What, no, it is absolutely incorrect. That is not a decanter, which no. is what that was supposed to look like. It's just another vessel. Someone on set went, fuck, go over to craft services and clean out the orange juice pitcher. We can't, we can't, like, why is it that the wine couldn't have just spilled on his on his shirt? Or, like, he poured a glass and then he got distracted it had to be this weird carafe situation yeah it it was just kind of odd there's the so much happening so in this weird. scene that were weird and like I, yes weird yes yes weird choices garfield choosing to air guitar bill yep. murray at all fucking liz being the second choice after jane goodall for whatever this conservancy is hey liz 
John, I have incredible news. Uh, Guess who's going to be speaking at this year's fundraiser for the Royal Animal Conservancy? Siegfried and Roy? Oh, come on. Just Siegfried? Jane Goodall dropped out at the last minute because she's nursing a sick chimp, and they asked me. I mean, it's going to be at this really cool castle on a huge estate. What? Liz, that's, that's... I am flying to London tomorrow morning. Can you believe it? What? I mean, I, I have to pack and... What? Oh, are these rose petals and candles? They couldn't get Jane Goodall... So, so they me, went with this random veterinarian. Neighbor, neighborhood mm. veterinarian Liz Wilson is going to speak in place of Jane Goodall. So what is happening in this movie? I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off. I didn't realize I was this mad at this movie. <laughs> I just th- there's there's a degree of like are the characters are just so unaware of of their surroundings that it's dangerous and and. And a lot of the times, well, which characters? Because it's, it's animals. That makes sense, I guess. No, no. John is a f- fucking moron in this movie. Y- yes, and like, there's just a degree of like unawareness of like, hey, I'm trying to propose to my girlfriend. I've I've uh, misplaced the ring that was in my pocket, which Garfield was nowhere near. Like. All yeah, of this, there's all lots of, this, of weird continuity cuts it is. like that. And it's just like, I feel, now, Where's mind you, look? there is an extended version of this movie. Oh God. It's not on Disney+, Plus, Good. so we're not reviewing it. Never. But maybe those questions are answered there. I don't know. I don't care. And it's probably not. But, like. It's been a minute since we've been this mad in a movie. 100%. It's and just, it's going to get ugh. worse, folks, because yeah. there's some doozies in this one. All right. Truly. True. Like, there's, yeah. Sh- should we just keep on trucking? Well, I do want to say one last thing about Garfield, like, getting into, like, how did that cage in in the veterinarian office open? the right to remain silent anything i say can and will be held against me in a court of law and i have the right to an attorney too pal and if i can't afford one what must be provided for me by the court never mind i just broke out uh, he likes a belly rub twice a day and oh if you could give him a pan of lasagna between each meal that would be great oh almost forgot pookie can't do that pookie <laughs> Like this is a this is a veterinarian. It's like these negligence things, upon uh, on the side of like uh, I don't know what a vet, the vet tech or a poorly designed cage. If there or was an animal in there that was rabid with poorly me. written plot device, it, it, why is the cat in with the dog to begin with? That would never happen, yes. even if they were cohabitating. I don't think. No, not at all. That's it's not the way. Food. And, and he's also not going to give the bed. Like he's like giving Garfield's bed and giving the him whole like thing it's like is, they're not gonna. Uh. It's shot like a live action comic strip and it just doesn't work. That's honestly that's what it is. Honest, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, it's like they, they, they tried to be every scene was literal. like let's try to like make this a bit and yeah. then and then now we move on to the next bit and whatever and like speaking of that bag had to go through X rays. They would have seen those animals. Oh my god, you're right. Like what the fuck? <laughs> so so many points of failure between this is post nine eleven arriving. Like, they are one hundred percent scanning every bag. Ugh. So many points of failure. Honestly, maybe that's maybe the the extended cut actually explains that John is a secret shopper for airlines, and he's gonna deliver a failing grade on all of their security measures. 
because they uh, uh, neglected to detect a cat and a dog in a presumably checked bag. Yeah. That then flew from L.A. to London. He said so, 13 hours. Like, I. Wait, 13 hours from L.A. to London? Is that even true? Yes, because it's six hours from L.A. to New York and then six hours from New York to. I just mean, like, there's no way those cats would have survived. There's, again, so many points of failure. Yeah, they would have froze. Yeah. Meanwhile, at Carlisle Castle in the English countryside, the late Lady Eleanor Carlisle's wheel is red. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize Tim Curry was with us today. Uh, hello, Tim. Thank Shut you up. for being here. She bequeaths Car Carlisle Castle to Prince 12, her beloved cat who bears a strong resemblance to Garfield. This enrages the lady's nephew, Lord Manfred Darges, who will now only receive a stipend of 50 pounds a week and inherit the grand estate once Prince passes away. Prince is catnapped and tossed in a river, Eventually found climbing out of a drain by John and mistaken for Garfield. Garfield and Odie break out of the hotel room due to boredom and subsequently get lost in the streets of London, only to be found by Prince's butler, Smithy, who mistakes him for Prince and takes him to Carlisle Castle. Okay. Yeah, so Prince <clears throat> is missing. There's a conference of the uncanny valley animals. Yeah. And this is where I had the note. Seems like an odd reason to train animals to meet to kneel. That pig and that cow knelt. It was unsettling. It was so unsettling. All right, listen up, listen up. Farmyard Newsflash, I've got some good news and some bad news. Which would you like to hear first? The bad, bad news. news. Lord Dodge is just threw Prince in the river. Come on, oh. Somebody's got to Okay, give me the good news. He was in a lovely picnic basket. If he throws us in the river, we'll never survive. You're ducks. You can swim. Why all these barnyard animals? Why are they letting that cow right up to that door on that estate? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I could get it. Like, maybe some ducks or like things that would actually be at, at, at a castle, right? Yeah. But like, all there's a fucking ferret. Presumably wild, I wild guess. Wild yes. Because, like, w w I think that's not a barnyard animal. Stoats are kind of a wild <sighs> thing in England, but I don't know about ferrets. Also, one of the mallard ducks with the green head yes. is voiced by a woman. Sure. Green-headed mallard ducks are males. Well, I clearly, Clancy, <laughs> they weren't going for any degree of realism. The animals are talking for fuck's sake. Are I you just, kidding me? I just was like, that. that you're is... going you're gonna to nitpick over the gender of the voice actor? Of a duck talking? Yes. And I just wanted to be sure. <laughs> it just is so... The choices. 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 Uh. Tatiana, what do we say? Choices. <laughs> choices. Choices. Are there no locks on the door? Or do bellhops <laughs> just deliver things to other guests at hotels? No, yes. I know this. I've stayed at hotels in London. I don't think that's a thing. It's a security risk, if nothing else. Again, there's a lot we're being asked to forgive of this fantasy world that I don't think Jim Davis ever expected us to have to assume. This is a show for kids. What are they teaching kids that you're just going to go bust into somebody else's hotel room? This is like a show for kids, and they make a formerly known as Prince joke. Oh. What? Yeah, Garfield and the Bidet, that was kind of funny. I did laugh a little bit there. I, it just, I wanted to at least bring, like, there, it wasn't like this was devoid of, of humor. No. No. Like the Silence of the Lambs joke, for example. Yes. My tummy's upset me. I have some liver. Boy, I wish John was a queen. Housekeeping. Okay, Blackhead, time to bust out of here and catch up with John. 
First, let's grab some chow. Before I eat your liver. With some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Right over kids' heads. What the like, fuck is that doing in this movie? I don't know. What is half? This is gonna be just a short, quick episode of us bitching. Yeah, it also... Like there's this montage of like Garfield in the city of London with Odie and Odie gets a yes. helmet at one point. What's a little bobby hat? Right. Where? My question about that scene is who's holding the camera when he's doing that pose with the with the holy Big shit. Ben? Who is he telling to to take the picture? They don't even have a camera with them. No, they don't. How who's what? he talking to? All right, keep your eyes peeled for a goofy looking guy with a map. Get out of here, I'm coming down. Here I am. John, John, John. Where's Waldo? Take the picture, take the picture, take it, take it, take it, take it, the picture. What is happening in this damn movie? uh, It's like I'm being gaslit that like they are just Where's the gaslighting come in? Are they trying to convince you that it's one thing when it's actually another? Well, yeah. They're trying to convince you it's a funny movie. Yes, that's exactly what's happening. (laughs) In the grand estate Garfield is residing in, he receives a great deal of special treatment, including a butler and a group of four-legged servants and followers. Garfield teaches his new animal friends how to make lasagna, while Prince learns to adapt to his new life with John. After seeing Garfield and thinking he's Prince, Dar just panics that he won't inherit the estate, which he secretly wants to destroy in order to build a spa resort. Dar just makes many attempts to kill Garfield as Miss Abby Westminster's suspicion of him grows. The, uh, honestly, that almost read like a plot to a Downton Abbey episode. A little bit. Yeah, Miss Abby Westminster. Her last name is Westminster. She, her, her name is Abby Westminster. <laughs> Holy shit! You're right. We're being gaslit. We're being gaslit. Holy shit! All right. So I have another question for you, Josh. At what point did the barnyard animals discover that Garfield was not the prince? There was like a conversation about it. Calm yourselves, everybody. We're all right as long as Prince is alive. Well, obviously that feline is not Prince. Yeah, idiot. He's not even the cat formerly known as Prince. He's right, you know. Wait, he doesn't have to be Prince. He just has to look like him. If he falls, and then their whole stick was they were going to continue pretending he was the Prince, right? Rather than just explaining to him, hey, we've got to protect you. I don't know because like they they are enabling him the entire time. Yeah. And like Garfield th- should just be basking in all of this. And he does to the extent and we like I love Billy Connolly as a villain. But I he's not going camp enough until the last act of the movie. For sure. He's playing this as a Bond villain, which is kind of a severe camp usually. A little bit. Rather than like a slapstick pet comedy villain which is a little bit more uh, Charles Grodin, who right. is the dad in Beethoven, not really the villain. Well, he was kind of the antagonist of the first one. But the second one is that one lady with the really severe bun. We're not talking about Beethoven, We're which is clearly a superior Beethoven. movie, yeah. in which none of the animals tried to talk until like the fifth or sixth one. Anyway, yeah. 
My point is, what was my point? <laughs> like my point is, there's always a scale model when there's a villain conniving, and yeah. I really liked that touch. Pleased you've shown such an interest in our little enterprise. <laughs> well, my investors are very interested. Cheers, dear. To a long-lasting business relationship. To Carlisle Resort and Spa. Mm. Allow me to introduce you to my dream. Watch this. State-of-the-art spa, meditation garden, and of course, luxury condominium. <laughs> oh, yeah. As a motif, as a trope, I was like, okay, I like this. Yeah, it's fun. And like they're like, oh, here's the barnyard thing, and then it just replaces it with these more awful looking condominiums. Like maybe because honestly, Sturgis, Durgis, Billy Connolly, yeah, you know, in a different universe could have been making a deal with the BBC, you know, to film. Come here and do your big great British bake off. That I sound more like a dwarf from Warcraft than Billy. Oh, Connolly. I was gonna say you sound more like him. You spell you sound like more like Billy Connolly from Muppet Treasure Island. Oh, that's right. We have had Billy Connolly on and the and Tim Curry before. in the same movie. This is like oh my. <laughs> look at these parallels, kids. We're making. Oh man, you're right. You're absolutely right. But they wouldn't have ever been on set together. No, they would not this. have at all. Um, I, I, I would not be surprised if Tim Curry literally phoned this in. Uh, uh, but quick shout out. That's Lucy Davis as uh, Miss Abby Westminster. Okay, she's in you know Shaun of the Dead, and she was in the yes, yes, British yes, office. Yes, 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 yes. She's a I delight. Her. I, she seems to know what movie she's in mm-hmm. for the five minutes she's in it, and God bless her. Yeah, back to. Garfield and the Royal Pets. I don't and know the, the BBC the... fucking talking animal show that's happening outside. <laughs> yeah. Nighttime. Daytime. Nighttime. Daytime. What are you doing? Having a game in nighttime. Daytime. You want to play? No, you're right. I got an Xbox. Ooh, look at me. I'm Jamie Oliver, the naked chef. I'm a rock star with a herb garden. No, wait. I'm organic Jamie, the homely chef with a family. I grew in compost. Make your mind up, mate. I'll never forgive him for what he did to those poor turkey twizzlers. Would you just like to open wide, sir? Okay. Are you going anywhere nice on your holidays? Garfield was trying to kind of ruse a bit, but then they're also trying to ruse a bit. And it just, again, plot hole wise, this just doesn't make sense to me. No. Like they could have just worked together. Exactly. And this got is all my this point. to work. And like, at one point, like uh, Garfield was discovering like what he can do, and he's like, "Roll over and whistle Dixie to to Winston." Okay, look, yes. So I knew we were about to take a left turn when they missed the opportunity to use the pun coup de chat, because Tim Curry goes, or you know, Prince goes, "This is a coup de chat." Mr. and Mrs. John Arbuckle. Liz Elizabeth Arbuckle. Listen, you dolt. There's been a coup d'etat. Attempted murder most foul. I am Prince the Twelfth of It's a perfect, because it's fucking French, perfect opportunity to say coup de chat, which would be a coup of the cat. Yeah. So I knew there was a problem the minute they passed that up. And then, yes, suddenly Garfield has this bulldog whistling Dixie. Two problems. It's a British bulldog, Mm -hmm. and it's fucking Dixie. Why is anybody whistling Dixie in 2006? Because it's racist as fuck. And how would that British bulldog know? Yeah. I'm so fucking confused. And then I went, wait a minute. 
I think it's going to get worse from here. And let me tell you, Clancy, I don't know if you caught it, but it does get worse from here. But before it gets worse, I have a question. Go for it. The the young actor playing Winston, mm-hmm. the bulldog himself. Right. There are multiple shots where we see dog wang. Yes. Because that's a dog. Uh-huh. Garfield mm-hmm. farts. Yes. And there is not a butthole on that cat. There is not a butthole. There is not a butthole. I would think if there was going to be any movie, aside from cats, to have buttholes on the CG cat, it would be this one. I mean, there's a Bob's Burgers without issue. I mean, and there's a set piece fart joke. Does this castle make my butt look a little too big? Fitch you like a glove. Oh, blimey. Pardon? Well struck, sire. Good tone, smooth finish. Well, you took that in the best spirit, didn't you? It's, I'm aghast. I'm sorry. (laughs) Shut up. I'll leave. I'm sorry. I'll just, I'll leave. I'll go. All right. I don't want to alarm anybody, but there is a musical number in this movie. I was afraid that there would be more, honestly. I thought that there were going to be multiple musical numbers. It caught me off guard. I don't know if there was a musical in the first movie. I assume that there is, but if there's not, this is even more wild. Because yep. it's just out of nowhere. Garfield gets, just springs into song. Uh, it, it's a cover of Moving On Up, which is the theme song to the Jeffersons. But it's, of course, Bill Murray singing it about a white guy accidentally falling into a better situation than he already has. Well, white guy, white cat. You can just call me your highness. Moving on up, Moving on up. to a castle on up. with lots of servants all. Doing my will. I got me a life without hassle. Sir Garfield is the king of the hill. I sleep on a bed that's real fluffy. I eat from a plate made of gold. They feed me until I get stuffy. My pasta never gets cold. I feel bad. That because it makes more sense to let you listen to the thing that we're bitching about, yeah, than to talk about the thing that we're bitching about sometimes. And I'm so I just I'm sorry that we're having to make you all listen to this, but I hope we're making the experience enjoyable at least. I hope so. I I mean, of all the movies that I would say, like you know, like a lot of people when they're when they're listening to this show are like, hey, should you should we watch the movie before we listen? And God, don't, don't, but please, no, don't, no, this is awful. Why oh, saw that in the theater? Maybe I could for a refresh. No, don't. Mm-mm. How dare you? No. Why would you do such a thing? I'm, I'm begging you again. This, this brings me back to the point to where like the, the humans cannot understand the animals or Garfield in general. Yes. How do they know what food to bring Garfield? Well, clearly the animals go make it themselves when it's not what the standard meal is. Yeah, it's so... And then just let animals run wild in the place and hop up on the couch. Where's the kitchen staff? Never mind the birds flying around this kitchen that are just going to shit in everything. That dog is on the island. What is There's happening? a goat that is literally smashing tomatoes yes. with goat feet. Chiba, did you remember to wash your hooves? Ladies, thank you so much. Crank, crank, crank. Little outside. Step on it, will you? I need that dough. Yeah, we'll need about a half a pound of this. Ah! What a barnyard animal doing in the kitchen. Awful. It's still a goat. Awful. awful. Yes, it's gross. And like, it just doesn't. It it doesn't need to. Like, 
it was just so unnecessary. And then it was, it, I, I, I didn't understand it. <laughs> and then the fact that like, I wish y'all could see Clancy short circuiting. He's so frustrated. It's that awful. He can't find the words well, and cut back to John and, and, and uh, Liz, Liz in the restaurant. Yeah. And orders oh, pause. They keep giving Jennifer love Hewitt, the comic strip hair for Liz. And <laughs> she's the only one they're doing it with. And yeah. I, I hope she negotiated a higher rate because she looks awful. Yeah. With that fucking uh, crop bang flip sort of pixie dream girl. Weird. It's not good. No, it's not good. And it's just, we're in a pub and there's rugby. What is happening? That and also that there is a dog and a cat sitting in their own chairs getting served food to, to keep up my strength. So, Liz, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been kind of anxious. to. Uh... <laughs> Why am I clapping? <laughs> I'm sorry, what were you saying? Oh, spot on. Never have I tasted its equal. Oh. oh, Garfield, that's gross. <laughs> Please, sir, may I have some more? Honestly, not as rare, I think, in uh, England as you might think, especially in a country pub. Now, in the city, in London, probably not. But I've seen the videos <sighs> of, like, ducks even uh, waddling into a pub, hopping up on the bar, downing a pint that has been placed on the bar by the bar. Anyways. Uh, Garfield is like I don't want this lasagna this looks gross and then it's not lasagna. Garfield it's Prince. Prince excuse you it's sorry, Prince sorry Prince is eating what the lasagna is this? I've lost my Tim Curry for the evening I yeah. don't know who this is you know I love this cartoon growing up but it does not work in this form <laughs> it doesn't because then we get this so we get uh, Durgis trying to, to kill Garfield yeah and he tries to sick this other dog on him a Rottweiler, yes, named Rommel. What kind? What kind of dog is a Rottweiler? It's a German dog, right? Yeah. Rommel was a Nazi general. What? And that's a Rottweiler named Rommel. What? Yes. The actual. Exactly. Fuck. This film almost feels like the dying gasp of what people thought was funny in the late nineties. Like Nazis are funny. I mean, think about Austin Powers. Frau, like that her her character's whole thing is that she was a former Nazi. Yeah, but even then. And here we are, speaking of fucking the cycles on this podcast, we're talking about goddamn Nazis again. I mean, there were no boobs in this except for cow udders. And uh on some of the Grecian statues. Oh yes, no, there were boobs in this. Yes. Yes. Boobs and Nazis. And then we get this fucking terrifying ask lenticular effect on a painting very ghostbusters 2 that goes from renaissance art to Meyer. shit i made you rewind it so that we could watch the transition again and it was as terrifying as i thought it was it's the like if they retouched the effects at haunted mansion yeah this was terrifying it was i did not like it no mm-hmm <sighs> the uh, last note i had for this section was animals operating secret passages hey that's only seven lines I got two more. All right, I'm gonna get out of this. Bingo. Winston and I have come to your rescue. Took you long enough. What, you finally hear my stomach growling? No, but we heard your tiresome monologue. Bad Halibut indeed. Let's get you out of here, your Royal Highness. Winster. The solicitors are here. We 
there's a lot going on here. happening. And it's just, it again, it's just like, there's Garfield has no consequence. No. In this at all. One, well, and he never really did in the, co- I mean, some of the longer form, like the TV specials, like there's a Halloween one I recall and a Christmas one. Yeah. There was some degree of risk and consequence and there was always what, a nice message and something wholesome. What's the moral of this movie? Like the, this is for young kids. <sighs> Generally they have something like, Hey, do this. Like if you see like this happening, this is bad. Be like this. No, you don't want to be like Garfield. He's a fucking terrorist. And that's the thing. I think that's where it really diverts from the source material. Because if you really go back, especially early Garfield, there's a lot less of that. Um, what I would consider underlying menace in the character development. And it's really more about hedonism and laziness and sort of the Epicurean lifestyle that cats can represent, especially to a bachelor who's trying to. Wow. I didn't know how long I could go. for. <laughs> yeah, I was checking my watch. Jesus. Take me home, Josh. Eventually, Garfield and Prince meet each other for the first time, and they convince the animals to help them defeat Dargis. John and Odie discover the mix-up and go to the castle, which Liz is coincidentally visiting. Garfield and Prince taunt Dargis, exposing his plan and leading him to threaten the estate visitors with a blunderbuss if they do not sign the papers giving him ownership to the estate. John and Dargis enter a standoff with the latter mad at John for getting involved in the first place. Garfield and Prince, with the help of Odie and John, save the day while Smithy alerts the authorities and Dargis is arrested for his crimes. Garfield, who had been trying to stop John from proposing to Liz, has a change of heart. He helps John propose to Liz and she accepts. Okay, so Garfield learns to be less selfish and support John's relationship with Liz. That's a really low bar. I mean, <laughs> of the low bars this film had to cross. Oh my God. It's one it managed to clear. Yeah. Another chuckle that I had was when they called uh, Dargis a tool. Yes. I thought that was funny. I wonder if you could excuse me for a, a little fun. I, I won't be long. He's a bit of a tool, don't you think? That actress is Jane Carr. And she, I fell in love with her as a wee young thing when she played Louise Mercer on a TV series called Dear John that ran from 1988 to 1992. Now at first, you may feel a little shy or um, stupid. <laughs> private lives in public so to show you how easy it is i'll get the ball rolling myself hi my name is louise hi louise (laughs) my name is louise i was divorced two and a half years ago my husband developed rather strange carnal desires which involved a polaroid camera spike heel boots and a bull whip and during the day i'm a beauty consultant it starred judd hirsch as a man who was like left by his wife in a john letter mm-hmm. and sort of like what you know i'm a middle-aged guy and i'm single and divorced you know because that was relatable in the late 80s, I guess. And I don't know why, but uh, ever since that show, like anytime she pops up with something, I'm just like, it's Jane Carn. She's delightful. I liked, I loved her. Like, I will say the actors in this movie really tried hard. I That's feel the like. thing. They're all like, fucking professionals. Right. They're, they're really. Everybody's being a professional here, but nobody's acting in the same film. 
No. Even the voice actors no, are acting in different no, films. No, yeah. Th- this whole, like, rigmarole of them running around the castle and the Well, just the rigmarole of the, the you know, fucking um, Three Stooges mirror sort of reflection. Like, why? why? It's meant to be funny, I guess, for kids. Wait, but, like, suddenly what, it becomes what is, a slapstick for Act 3. Yes. Like, there's the, like, Scooby-Doo moment where they're, like, running through the hedges. Sissy, silly dog. You don't move so good, bozo. Oh. Hey, kitty, kitty. Yoo-hoo, oh, Mr. Stinky Dog. Hey, loco. Oh, the no. pacing is just all over the place. I feel like I'm on a roller coaster, but I'm not having fun. Why is all this happening? Why wouldn't the cats just go to the people that are the ones that need to see that there's a cat there? Right. They focus so much more on like the human plot that they were like, fuck, we got to have these animals do something. So they just kept throwing these kind of like schmaltzy, you know, ensemble comedy set pieces with all of these bizarre talking animals. Yeah. And then the standoff at the end with the crossbow and the blunderbuss. That blunderbuss wouldn't be ready to fire. That's not a threat. No, and it still had like the. Did you see like the attachment was still on it? Yeah, like, it was clearly like a like a display. Which, like, honestly, there wouldn't have been any any buckshot in it. There wouldn't have been any yeah. um, gunpowder. The crossbow was the most dangerous thing in the room. And was there even a bolt in it? Yeah, there was a bolt in okay. it. But like, John is a fucking idiot. And then the, they end up winning with a scene lifted directly out of Goblet of Fire. <gasps> oh, is this a part of the tour? Let her go. All in good time. Now, if you'd be so kind. Okay, stay calm, okay? Mr. Hobbs, the papers, please. I've seen enough. You want to call in your weasel? Sit him, Nigel. Boy, I'm a ferret, and I mean business. Trouser and leg business! Oh! I'll take a leg, please. Oh, on second thoughts, I'll have some white meat. <laughs> oh, good Lord! There's a wild animal in my trousers! Yeah, that's, I mean, that's it. That's basically how the movie ends. What else is there to say about Garfield? Big oof. A Tale of Two Kitties. Yeah, big oof. oof. Big oof. I mean, it, it just... Couldn't figure out what it wanted to be. It, no. It tried to be the comic, and it doesn't quite work, and um, it, everybody needed to turn up the camp factor a little bit. It's And, like, the attention to detail was just so non-existent. Like, there were yeah. so many continuity issues. And, yeah, like, that... Like there's literally a scene where like Garfield is using the TV remote in the hotel and he's holding it backwards. <laughs> like that's a 3D character. That's such an easy. It's not like it was filmed that way. Maybe they thought it was a joke and it would be. Fun. Look, the 2000s were a wild time. I guess uh, this. I don't. I can't recall if we said it, and if, even if we did, who knows if it'll make it in the edit. This feels like such an odd encamp for the for the weird. That this thing is mm-hmm. it v- really does feel like an odd encapsulation of of what 2006 is yeah um kind of before big brands had figure out how to really tap into nostalgia because who needed the first garfield movie much less the second one but then fuck we got how many alvin and the chipmunks movies like it's it's yeah which i mean the director was also responsible this for. is what i'm saying so, like yeah. it's who it's like playing boggle like who knows what the fuck you're gonna get yeah uh, they did spend $60 million to make this movie. A homeless man cooking a hot pocket on a third rail of the G train. The G train, Nermo! There's something inside of me that needs to come out. 
And if Garfield 3, Feline Groovy, can't tell my story, then I'll win my Oscar elsewhere. Or I'll die trying. That's all I can think of. When Tracy Morgan is doing Garfield 3. And, yeah, 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 yeah. It made $143 million worldwide. <laughs> um, I just want to say the majority of that it only made like $30 million in, in the U.S. It was other countries that did not speak English, which I think probably made more sense because it was probably more funny. Yeah, because especially if it was dubbed instead of just yeah. subbed. The critics were not kind. It had a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes with Helen O'Hara of Empire Magazine saying, yet another Hollywood kids film subscribing to the offensive stereotype that Britain is peopled with aristocrats who live on vast estates and are waited on by a devoted staff and subser- devoted and subservient staff. Okay, look, <laughs> Helen O'Hara. She was just Nobody needs you caping for the aristocracy for fuck's sake. What on earth is that nonsense? I wonder if she felt this way about Downton Abbey, which I know I've name checked multiple times in yeah. this episode, but the parallels are there. I feel like there's a uh, there's a branching tree of con- like there's a reason it's England, right? Yeah. Like there's a reason it's these actors. It's a lot. It's but a lot. Yeah. Uh, Scott Brown of Entertainment Weekly in 2006 said, Garfield himself, voiced by Bill Murray, is once again strikingly unlikable, bloated. Binging fascist? A binging fascist. I <sighs> I mean, there is a fascist in this movie, the Rottweiler, but like, uh, you know. That's not the point he's making. It's not. I just, the, you could that seems like a really weird way to just say this does, was bad. Does he have something against Bill Murray? Is that what this is? Maybe. Like he wronged him in some I, sort I, of way? Again, early 2000s, I feel like Bill Murray was a polarizing figure. He was, you know, kind of a, a either liked him a lot hipster or shaman of sorts, yeah. randomly showing up at bars to mix drinks. It's an Austin thing. <laughs> uh, the viewers... A little bit better. It was 43%. You say that, but Jack S. Uh, yeah, Jack, Jack S in 2020. Gave it a half star. Oh, that is a half star. <laughs> yeah. He said this is utter garbage. Well, a complete letdown after the masterpiece that was Garfield 2004 live action movie featuring Bill Murray as the titular character, titular character Garfield. This movie should not be canon in the Garfield universe of which I am an avid fan and I would give zero stars if possible. Oh, <laughs> you think this could be just someone's idea of an elaborate joke and that that stands for Jack shit? Maybe, but like, I, mean, I, I just like, why go through all this work? Robin M. Garfield is fierce, independent, and loves lasagna. This is better than the first. Fi- okay, I can't <laughs> even read the rest of these. That last one's five stars. Seelan R. It, uh, she ends her review with he, 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 he. She says, I wish I have a kitty like Garfield, but I'm not taking one. But not talk, not, oh, the not a talking, talking one. one. But not a, so she wants a kitty, but not a talking one. But gave the movie five stars. Uh, in terms of awards, why it, <laughs> it was nominated for two Golden Raspberry Awards sure. in 2006. Uh, one in the category for worst prequel or sequel. Okay. Um, and the second one being worst excuse for family entertainment but lost to Basic Instinct 2 and RV, respectively. This is what, 2006 was a wild, <laughs> right? Wild year. Anyway, so some fun trivia. Yeah. Uh, Billy Connolly admitted in an interview that when he was offered the role of Lord Dargis, he wasn't aware that the first Garfield film existed. <laughs> I feel like this is, it just is a big ruse that they all had to kind of like, that they were just like, 
again, it's a Garfield movie. someone lost a, a bet to an it? animal trainer. Yeah. Roger Ebert's review of the movie was written in first person as Garfield. <laughs> Which, How much did they pay him? <laughs> I know, right? How much did they pay Robert e- Roger Ebert? Now, this is a callback. The singer Prince was originally chosen for the role of Prince the 12th. But he opted out last minute, so they had to scrap all the animation and start over with Tim Curry as their second choice. How much more sense does that make now? I wouldn't. I mean, none. Because (laughs) there were so many other jokes that they were trying to aim for the adults in the room that still felt out of place. Even with the, you know, cat formerly known as Prince or whatever. Yeah. But also, why? Yeah. It's 2006, man. It was a wild year. Oh, Josh, read this next one. Murray said in an interview with GQ that he was confused when he agreed to play the voice of Garfield for the first film. I thought it would be kind of fun because doing a voice is challenging and I'd never done that. Plus, I looked at the script and it said so-and-so and Joel Cohen and I thought, Christ, well, I love those Cohens. They're funny. So I sort of read a few pages of it and thought, yeah, I'd like to do that. This is <laughs> such a long quote you've pulled. I know. Uh, So they went off and shot the movie and I forgot all about it. Finally, I went out to LA to record my lines. And usually when you're looping a movie, if it takes two days, that's a lot. I don't know if I should even tell the story because it's kind of mean. What the hell? It's interesting. So I worked all day and kept going. That's the line. Well, I can't say that. And you sit there and go, what can I say that will make this funny and make it make sense? And I worked. I was exhausted, soaked with sweat, and the lines got worse and worse. And I said, okay, you better show me the whole rest of the movie so we can see what we're dealing with. So I sat down and watched the whole thing and I kept saying, who the hell cut this thing? Who did this? What the fuck was Cohen thinking? And then they explained it to me. It wasn't, it wasn't written by that Joel Cohen. Like, <laughs> This is why Bill Murray is essentially the pop culture <laughs> equivalent of fucking Sasquatch. Yes. Like it's shit like this. That's like, who? It- what? And that the fact that he came back to make a second movie, like, did he at the beginning of the first movie was here's, like, you know what, we agreed here's to Here's what do. I think. I think once upon a time, Jim Davis said, I love a paycheck and I can't hate him for that because yeah. like, again, the Garfield license is on so many things. So many things. That's true. This property has made a lot of money. Yeah. And I'm sure any of the, any of the actors in this film could have literally named their price. And given the turnover? Yeah. I mean, shit. They made double what they spent for it. And I who mean, ca- and ultimately, who cares that it's awful? Again, that pff, Jim Davis yet to all the way to the bank. Yeah. It's it's just now that I've seen it, like I feel like I just I I want to have not have seen this. <laughs> Out of my life. What is that song from uh Dreamgirls? Move, move. Move right out of my life. That's move what it, I, move it. That's what I want right this movie life. to do. Move, move, move right out of my life. Move, move, move right out of my life. You this is a cautionary tale to everyone else that's listening to this. You don't need to see this movie. Even if you thought, no, Gerald, looking at you. And if I'm doing that shout out, Emil, uh, Aaron, and Siobhan, I'll say hi too. Yeah. My point is... Listen, you don't have to. You don't have to. I actually, I implore you not to. Nobody. I feel like we've explained what the movie is. That's all you ever need to know. 
Look, read the Wikipedia page. Yeah, it's all there. And find a video or picture of Breck and Meyer that you want to stare at for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or Jennifer Love Hewitt, if that's your thing. Anyway, you know how we talked about some WandaVision merch at the top of the show recently over at patreon.com slash making mischief. We dropped all of our thoughts and feelings about WandaVision. We did. It was really fun to do. Yeah. Um, it was actually really nice to just be able to get that out there. Yeah. Watch WandaVision, but also go to patreon.com slash making mischief. For the Patreon there, get extra content from all of the podcasts across the Mischief Media Network. Yep. And again, hey, maybe you go to Mischief Merch first and you use code nonplus10 and get you some discounted MCU merch and some discounted nonplus merch. Yep, merch first, merch first. Walk into the club merch first. Where can they find me on social media, Clance? Well, they could find you at Josh Watchin TV um without the G on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Who I am now following. My husband <laughs> started following me on Twitter from CLNCY, that's Clancy without the A, this week. <laughs> And we haven't checked his Instagram, which is also CLNCY. Anyway, you can follow the show at Nonplussed Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yep. And as always, rate, review, and follow. Yeah. On your podcasting platform of choice. Ratings and reviews really do help. We appreciate it. Anytime you can do it. That's yes. Sad. And if yeah. if if you are learning from this podcast. Let it just be this one thing. You really don't. Please don't watch you this don't movie. You don't have to watch this movie. Yeah. Y'all y'all don't need to watch this movie. You don't need to. You don't. Please don't. Don't. Because if you do, you're just going to end up as nonplussed as we are. Oh! <laughs> that over there is my husband, Clancy. And over there is my husband, Josh. And we are nonplussed. Are nonplus. Very much so. We are nonplus. Lord. Arbuckle is a fucking doofus in the comics. Ow, I slapped a table in it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's how animated I was I getting. Know. I didn't realize I was this passionate uh. about John fucking Arbuckle. God. <sighs> Remember, get an extra 20% off your $50 subscription to Knowable with code nonplussed and enjoy hundreds of hours of educational content ad-free. Just download the Knowable app and use the code nonplussed for 20% off your subscription. Again, download the Knowable app and use code nonplussed when subscribing for 20% off. Knowable, comprehensive podcast style audio courses for the curious mind. And for cutie patooties like you. Oh, mm-hmm.